0: Welcome back to the Jesse Golden Podcast. It has been a minute because I got a puppy. She's currently chewing the stool that I am sitting on. So that's where we're at with this whole situation. And she's taught me so much already. And so I'm going to share some of the things that I've learned as a result of this little nugget who I like to call a terrorist, and she's simultaneously a terrorist and the most adorable thing on the planet. It's funny how that happens, right? <laughs> Nature certainly knew what they were doing when they made babies and puppies cute, these little munchkins. So first things first, if you are someone who struggles with knowing your maintenance calories. The whole concept is confusing to you. If you feel like you might be under eating and that's typically associated with poor biofeedback, meaning you feel like crap because you're chronically under eating, then I would consider coming to my masterclass on maintenance calories. That is going to be coming out by the end of this month and the first 10 to 20 people who sign up, who purchase are going to receive a fun bonus. So you're going to want to be on the wait list to be the first to be notified. And it's going to be pretty low price point at $27. It's everything that I wish I had been told and took me years of trial and error of investing in my own education, of a lot of pain and suffering myself to understand what maintenance calories even means, that range, how to find it, what the concept of reverse dieting is, how it's often so, so, so misused, and a lot more. So if you're already in SLA, the Sustainably Lean Academy course, then you will be getting this masterclass included. All the information is already inside of SLA, but I'm just presenting it in a different format here. So that will be included as a bonus for those who are already members. I haven't decided yet if I will be offering it as part of SLA in the future. As well, or essentially just giving it to SLA clients for free. But for now, you will be getting it if you are an SLA client. So, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into my little pupper, Coda. So, I picked Coda up on December 4th when she was nine weeks old. I got her from a breeder in Arkansas, and I was actually expecting to get a lot more pushback from people when it comes when it came to choosing a breeder instead of a rescue dog. And I'm really grateful that I did not even get one comment. I was very shocked. Um, but of course, I think we should just assume that each person is doing their due diligence on what's best for them. And it's quite frankly, no one else's business. So very thrilled to have had that be the outcome. And this breeder, I chose them because they... have such a beautiful environment for these puppies to grow up in. They live what appears to be some type of ranch or a lot of land. And there are 13 children, a huge family helping raise all these animals. There's horses. They're just exposed to a lot in a really loving environment. So that's why I chose um, Hickory Bluff. I think it's Hickory Bluff Labs. And someone on Instagram recommended them to me And that's what put them on my radar. So super glad I went with them. And I decided to get her after realizing that I'm ready for more commitment and responsibility. So if you've been following along with my adventures over the last couple of years, you know that I have been free as a motherfucking bird. Nothing has been holding me back. I moved to New York, somewhat on a whim, New York City, there for a year. Then I decided to go to Bali, ended up staying there for four months, then was back in my hometown in Albuquerque, New Mexico for a couple months, and then moved back to Denver in November. And I realized that I wanted something to give me a little bit more roots and I wanted a little bit more responsibility, but I, my travel is definitely not all out of my system at this point. So with a dog, I'm still able to to adventure. You know, I can have somebody watch her for a couple days or as she gets older, I don't want to give my parents a puppy. <laughs> uh that's just they've already been there done that, but you know, I can board her etc. You guys know the drill. So, it felt like it was something that would be a combination of okay, I'm ready to care for something else, but it's not a freaking child, right? Which There are a lot of puzzle pieces that we need to align for that to, to happen to me anytime soon anyway. So it does feel like I have a child and it's interesting the response that I got on social media because I prefaced when I got her, I was like, hey, not comparing her to a human being baby because that's a whole different animal, no pun intended. And every so many people respond I should say everybody so many women responded and were like actually a puppy was way harder for me and so I threw up a poll and said for those who both have a puppy or have had a puppy and who have had a human baby what was more difficult and it was about 50 50 so that shocked me as someone who's never had a human but of course there's so many different nuances that would affect that right the I live in an apartment on the seventh floor. That is a pain in the ass to have to take her out at one in the morning, you know, with my eyes barely open to go take her to go to the bathroom. Whereas someone has a home, you can just, okay, open the door, come back in, there you go. And the temperament of your puppy, if there are any other behavioral issues, you know, do you, what kind of child, do you have a colicky child? So many different things would impact that outcome or that perspective. So it was really interesting. And I'm, again, so thrilled that everybody in on Instagram that is in my community is so fucking awesome. I don't know how I got so lucky where I have not received any negative comments. And everyone is just kind of banded together. I love it when women do that, when it's like just sharing advice and being super supportive. And I was joking, about some people not liking coda or not thinking she's cute when i posted the picture like is she an angel or um you know whatever my (laughs) the other option was for no and a very small number of people said no and people were writing me like oh my god i can't believe some people said no and so i was just joking and said are you a serial killer the people who said no and some people said you know i'm like neurodivergent so dogs are really overwhelming for me or you know, my child nearly has a panic attack whenever they're around a a dog. And so please know that that was said in jest. It's a joke. But also, I totally understand that there are people, A, who just don't like dogs. And while I don't relate to that, totally within your right, and of course, other reasons like the aforementioned that someone might not like dogs too, but she's still cute as fuck. Okay? So... Another reason is I realized, okay, I could wait until I have a partner because having a partner with a puppy would be way easier, but I'm not going to wait for a guy to fall into my lap in order to start living the life that I want. I could wait until I have a home, but who the fuck knows when that's going to happen. I don't even know if that's something I want. Again, limits my freedom. So we'll see. And so I said, okay, this is the type of responsibility that I'm ready for. And it's not perfect, but I'm going for it. So I've learned so much from her thus far. She's such a great mirror for me. And just overall, this big life shift for me, again, going from complete freedom to having this little being that I am completely responsible for. And she trusts me implicitly. It's pretty wild to see how babies and animals, little puppies, certainly not ones in the wild, but... Let me tell you, she is far from something that could survive in the wild right now. They are so reliant on us and they trust us so beautifully. It almost gives me the chills because there's no like, oh my God, are you gonna take care of me? Are you not gonna be able to? Because she didn't have any type of traumatic upbringing and they trust us as their their people so purely. It is the most beautiful thing. And it's also really brings me such a heightened sense of awareness of responsibility for taking care of this creature that I'm in charge of giving her the life that she deserves and I don't take that lightly so I went into it really quite nervous because I was like I I need this dog A to have a good life and part of that is making sure that I'm really dedicated to training her and learning about the best way to facilitate a safe environment for a dog what is going to make her feel really safe and take taken care of and uh, as a puppy and then I want her to feel behaviorally secure enough to not be losing her shit around other dogs and for people to come over and not them be like oh my god your dog is so damn annoying and I understand that some of these things are going to be outside of my control and she is going to be a wild pain in the ass for her puppy stage, you know, which Lord knows how long that's going to last. But I, all in all, I don't take this responsibility lightly and it's a balance of giving myself grace, which some of you on Instagram, so I'm so grateful that you just reminded me, give yourself grace. You know, you just had your life turned upside down and it's a shit show. We've all been there and things are going to fall to the wayside. So first thing she's taught me is choosing struggle in alignment with my values is always rewarding. Choosing struggle for the sake of struggle isn't. And this has been a big theme in my life. Is I have become so focused on what are my values and making decisions with that as my lens. And I bring this into all of my work. If you're a student of mine, an FFE, an SLA, any of them, we're always discussing your values and making choices in alignment with those because just choosing struggle for the sake of somebody else's values or what you feel like you should do, that's what leads to, in my opinion, a lot of mental struggle. You start to go down a spiral, not a good place, or you just say, fuck this and I don't want to do it. You're just out like, "Eh, I don't actually want this. So, for in reference to Coda, I really wanted to invest my time and energy into building a really beautiful relationship with a dog. I grew up with dogs. I love them. I think they are the bee's knees. Just one of the most beautiful relationships I can have is with a pup. So, it was something that I was willing to sacrifice my time and energy towards. Even though, yes, I miss a, certainly miss parts of my my old existence, it's so worth it because choosing her is choosing my own values. Now, an example of not choosing my values would be when I was pursuing body standards that I didn't consciously opt into. So, okay, I'm obsessing and burning myself, my body, my sanity at the stake for this body, these body standards that I never even took the time to sit and ask myself, do I even give a fuck about that? And the answer was no. And that's one of the biggest things that I love to see with my clients is when, even if they purchase SLA, they go through it. And the first chunk of SLA is we're digging into your values. We're making sure that you're actually prepared and set up. And they go through it and they realize, I actually don't care. I thought I need, I wanted to lose those 10 pounds, but the, the sacrifice that is required in order for me to do that, I don't give a shit. And I, it's such a revelation and a beautiful form of freedom for them. And I love to see it. Now another thing is seasons. So this season of her puppy nature will not last forever. For both better or for worse, it simultaneously pains me to see her growing. It makes me emotional when I look at her and I realize she's already almost twice the size she was when I first got her and that was a little over 2 weeks ago. And at the same time, I love adult dogs. Where they're chill, they're trained, they're more relaxed. So it's always give and take. Nothing as an adult seems to ever be all good, all bad. Um, I shouldn't say ever, because certainly there are things that are just plain ass shitty. But for the most part, we're taking the good and the bad. And this puppy season will not last forever. It's a season of sacrifice for me. Little sleep where I can't leave her. I Anyone who has a puppy knows the drill. I don't need to go into that. It's also really tempting To wish the uncomfortable times away, and this is something I've really been paying attention to during this time of transition. Is this is my life? This has become so top of mind for me as I get older. I'm 33, about to turn 34. I don't get to just cash in this time that's uncomfortable later down the road. It's gone forever. So even though I, when I'm waking up at three in the morning and taking her downstairs, do I love it? No, but. This is my life right now and I will never get these days back. I will never get these months of chaos back. And so I'm fucking embracing it. There are times when I say, oh my God, what have I done when she bites through my hand? Then I remind myself, this is so worth it. And this is my life. Life is not always about just things being hunky-dory. You know, we're built for more than that. And we don't get to press pause and get these days back. For me personally, most times in my adult life, save for, no, I would actually say even in a lot of my 20s as well, are uncomfortable. So for not careful, if I am not careful, I'll end up wishing my entire life away if I just say, oh, I just need to get through this really uncomfortable time. The times when we're just kind of coasting and things are easy and comfortable are so far and few between, certainly if we're living a life where we're pushing ourselves. So I'm just here for the discomfort. And I think expanding our tolerance for discomfort is a superpower in today's day and age when most people are just desiring for life to become more bubble wrapped and easier. I'm gonna create a whole different podcast about that because it really gets me fired up, but I'm not going to be wishing this uncomfortable time away. I'm here for it. It's simultaneously so beautiful and so hard. And those are the most rewarding things that I have found in my life or those periods of time. I've also learned that I feel really empowered. So to my earlier point, we're built for struggle and we're built for sacrifice. It's just in our DNA. We wouldn't have been able to evolve as a species up to this point if we weren't. So avoiding responsibility seems to be more and more common in society, but there's no power without responsibility. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is, okay, you don't want to have any responsibility. You want everything to be easy. Then you are going to be powerless within yourself and within society. So if that is the path you want, then go for it. But that's going to lead to a lot of mental destruction, physical destruction. You are not going to be built well to handle other things in life. And with this feeling of empowerment, this doesn't mean that I think I'm nailing it because I often don't at all. It's the fact that I'm doing it. And I'm learning and I'm picking myself up while I'm taking care of her and I'm running a business and I'm figuring out how to also take care of myself, all these things. It's the fact that I'm showing up and I'm doing it that is really empowering. Like, am I doing it perfectly? Fuck no. There's so many things. I'm still, my head is spinning. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm doing it. And I think we've set the bar so high for as women where we feel the need to be perfect. And if we're not doing everything perfectly, then we're failing and that we we suck. And I don't feel that way. I feel really empowered the fact that I'm fucking doing it. And it's far from perfect. But I think moms are superheroes. And I'm not throwing myself in the category of a human mom. But when I look at women, I do think women are fucking superheroes. I really do. Taking care of any other being when you are solely responsible for them on top of everything else in life. I think is the most badass thing on the planet. And we don't get nearly enough credit. Women don't get nearly enough credit. I look at my friends who are moms and I'm just in awe of them. And to hear them say that they feel like they're failing breaks my heart because they're doing such incredible work. Like It makes me emotional to think about because they are sacrificing so much of themselves and their former identities in pursuit of giving to this new person or animal, whatever it is, and that in and of itself. Like you don't need anything else beyond that and you're a badass. So I feel really empowered by taking on this challenge and taking care of this new little nugget. I've also learned that her nervous system mirrors mine. And I shared that on Instagram when I woke up in a bad mood, just PMSing, poor sleep. And she was fucking insane that morning and which of course made things worse right because i was like trying to control her trying to make her no you need to be you're a puppy and you need to control your behavior like what on earth of course she doesn't her nervous system here is mine so as soon as that clicked and i was like okay i'm chill relinquishing control she's going to be chill everything worked out everything worked out so it's really good for me to pay attention to when she's being um and part of that is just her nature, right? She's a puppy. She's going to push the boundaries. But when she's being wild or not behaving well, it's I need to check myself first. I've also realized I have a really sensitive brain, which, hello, I've always known that, but I keep getting reminded of that. And I'm already sad for when she's older. Oh, I've cried looking at her knowing that I won't have her forever. She's, that's the thing about dogs, it's so bittersweet, but... She's already growing so much and as chaotic as these puppy times can be, having this little, cute, adorable thing just asleep beneath you is the best. And the puppy smells, all of it, it's already going by so quickly. And of course, my brain goes to, oh my God, one day she's going to leave me. (laughs) And it breaks my heart. And so that leads me to the next point is, Choosing to have dogs and love them is such a brave thing to do because we're signing up for heartbreak within, you know, 8 to 10 years, usually for labs, 15 years if you have a different breed of a dog sometimes. We willingly go into it knowing this, that we are going to give our heart and our soul to these little creatures. We are going to become so intertwined with them, so obsessed with them, and then they're going to leave. We don't get them for that long. And to invest in that way, in my opinion, is such an act of bravery. And I had someone write me when I was, you know, kind of joking around about people not liking dogs. And she said that she didn't like dogs for years and eventually realized that it was due to her fear of vulnerability that she was afraid to feel because she knew that the dog was going to leave and she wasn't going to have her for very long. Oof, makes me emotional talking about it. And it, as an avoidant, as someone who tends to, I don't want to categorize myself as that any longer, but if you're familiar with attachment styles, I used to lean definitely more heavily towards avoidant, still have some of those tendencies. And so avoiding the vulnerability of really putting your heart on the line when it comes to dogs is something I don't think a lot of people consider. But I mean, I can't even imagine the sense of vulnerability you feel being a mom to a human baby that you created. Oh my God, another just insane act of courage to be like, I, like my heart is walking around outside of my body in the form of this little person. And it's such, moms are just incredible, just absolutely incredible. So it's, I think that leads into the sense of empowerment that I do feel is, it's an act of courage to do this in so many different ways. And anyone who has, whether you're dad, mom, whatever, doesn't matter. I think it's just such a badass thing to do. And if you don't want to do any of it, that's badass too. Trust me, I spent 33 years of my life there. I don't think anyone is better than anyone else because they choose to have an animal or a human child, or what have you, whatsoever. Um, but this is just my experience. So, yeah, she's been an absolute joy watching her rambunctious nature. I can't wait to see what she looks like when she's older. I can't wait to see her temperament as she gets older. She's grown in confidence so much as I've taken her to to meet people. I've had people over. Been taking her to the gym um my trainer Carson has been just held her which was so cute he's so good with dogs i just felt like i don't need to worry at all just you handle her and he did like a champ and everyone at the gym is so sweet and it's allowing her confidence to grow so much which my vet told me to do i know some people said um and look i appreciate people's advice but i'm going to go with what my vet says here is when she's young, she hasn't had all of her vaccinations yet. And she said, socialize her. I know that people are really worried about vaccinations. Just make sure she's not getting into any sketchy poop or drinking some random water, but take her out because I can tell a big difference, these are her words, between the dogs who are not socialized as puppies. They are a lot more anxious and skittish as adults than those who are socialized. So I've really been focusing on that and she's already grown in confidence massively in just two weeks. So I'll continue to do that. And then once she's vaccinated, it is game fucking on, baby. We're going to be going on so many fun adventures. And all in all, I just feel so lucky and honored to be her mom, her dog mom. And I cannot wait to introduce her to Packer. Most of you know who Packer is. She's my parents' dog, who I'm deeply obsessed with. I was actually worried I wouldn't like my own dog as much as Packer. But she's definitely caught up. So I love them both equally. And I cannot wait to see them together. I think Packer's is going to be like, who is this bitch? But also I hope they become fast friends because Koda's personality is so similar to Packer's. I love it so much. They're both so sweet and submissive and docile, but also goofy as hell. A lot of energy, spunk, give you the side eye, you know, that little mischievous side eye. God, I just love them so much. So that is my life update. That is what I've learned thus far. And thank you so much to all of you who have given me so much support on Instagram. It truly meant the world when I felt like my life had just been (laughs) thrown into a fucking dumpster. So very, very much appreciated. I love you all so much. I can't say this enough. I feel like I got so lucky with the people in my audience, the women. It's just really, really supportive, incredible women. So thank you for that. And Last reminder for the maintenance masterclass to sign up for the waitlist. If that is something you feel like you need and come follow me over on Instagram to make sure you're getting all the updates on that to make sure that it is the right fit for you, but you can sign up for the waitlist below. And I am going to be podcasting again more regularly now that I have my feet underneath me. So I will see you all in the next episode.